You're listening to DraftKings Network. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. level of guests on this show <laughs> just, just continues it even surprises me oh my god i mean <laughs> how low can we go no it continues to rise <laughs> to such an impressive level mm. we're going get the, just the bowels of the yeah, internet you know, the dregs <laughs> the dregs of our own company <laughs> just go down and see if anyone's begging for change and then there was this guy we bumped into this guy at the water cooler <laughs> we said is there a water cooler <laughs> And we said, hey, buddy, we know you ain't got nothing going on. Bruh, fam, you bored, right? <laughs> Come through. You guys uh, guilted me. Yeah. <laughs> you played to my most uh, sympathetic impulses. Right. And I showed up at uh, what feels like a place where sometimes they shoot pornography. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. sometimes. We mean right now. No. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the voice you're hearing is Pablo Torre, everybody. What's good, Pablo? It is a, a pleasure in all the ways to be here. Oh, it is it, it Speaking not... of pleasure, back to that point. <laughs> <Okay. though. laughs> I mean, I would say, you know, you said sometimes they film pornography here, but I would say sometimes they do a soccer podcast here, and the <laughs> yeah. majority is pornography. Yeah. <laughs> also, also, also explicit. In right. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our podcast is just us ver- vis- verbally filleting ourselves. Uh, so same. It's, nobody, it's full disclosure, nice. same. Nice, very just, nice. Pablo, just, I just want to make sure, nobody, <laughs> nobody turn on a black light <laughs> yeah, yeah. in this room. Yeah, or Pablo Torre will find out. Uh, <laughs> okay, we don't need that hard-hitting investigative journalism, okay? We, all we do is hard-hitting in here, no journalism. Uh, anyway, yeah, speaking of it, for people who... Sometimes soft-hitting. Yeah. Sometimes. Okay. It's tasteful. It's tasteful. Everything hard-hitting. With consent, of course. Um, let's let's talk about, because this brings up a good topic, your podcast, Pablo Torre Finds Out, also here on, on the Metal Arc, Metal Arc Network. Um, you're always taking people down, bro. You're always, you're always deep diving into stuff. Does it does it ever weigh on you, bro? My conscience is just racked with guilt. <laughs> what does Larsa Pippen think of me? <laughs> keeps me up at night. You, how um, long is Pablo Torre finds out has has existed for just a couple months and has already developed so many enemies? How is it yeah, even possible? He's got a lot of ops. Bro. Yes, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is an enemy. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Marcus Jordan is an enemy. Larsa Pippen, aforementioned, is an enemy. Uh-huh. Um, I think a lot of people um, who just aren't here for multi-syllable words also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, is Marcus uh, the one who owns the store in Orlando, the yes. sneaker store? So damn. Trophy room. So you're not getting the trophy room Jordan ones or no, whatever's I'm not. coming up next. Um, there's a. By the way, the fact that you are aware of that is funny to me because I left that part out of the episode. There's a, if I can make another enemy out of Marcus Jordan again. <laughs> Are you gonna talk about the backdooring for the? Backdooring, the... speaking oh, of pornographic yeah. <laughs> The backdooring. Um, I fell into a- Lars r- is like, they're talking about me again! <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it's just uh, uh, the the backdooring of like. So do you know this? Story? I don't know this story. Okay, so, so you they should got a very it. exclusive sneaker. Okay, Trophy Room is a store. But obviously, the kid of Michael Jordan's kid owns it. Uh -huh. He gets he has, he has a plug. It turns yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> all right. So he gets to do a collab on a Jordan. Okay, it becomes one of the most highly sought after Jordans. And then, as this sometimes happened, let's say there was a Cooligan Jordan that was coming out, maybe one or two would find its way out the back door. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Or out, out of a truck, and then they'd be posted online. Stock be like, triple X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're going to keep this going the whole episode. But in this case, I don't remember the number, but it was like hundreds of sneakers ah, okay. were Allegedly. found out. So backdooring <laughs> is when you know someone at the company gotcha. that can give it to you. So you... You circumvent the uh, the auction or got it, the, got it, got it. the the lottery. Yeah. So he was a villain in the world of sneaker reselling. Yeah. Um, in ways that I did not appreciate as a reformed uh, sneaker uh, addict <laughs> myself. Um, I was I was reminded as to what it's like if Michael Jordan's son was also allegedly a scammer. Yeah. 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 And this pissed off. So many people, and he still had to answer it to this day. Yeah, and I was so, shocked you didn't bring it up. So, so uh, fair to criticize my journalism immediately. I understand <laughs> this. Um, I was just shocked because it seems such like a no. My a, a comments, topic with so much. The, the comment. So there was a lot that I had to leave out of that episode, and it is funny that like the episode in which we, for people who aren't familiar with uh, my journalism, um, we did an episode about Marcus Jordan and Lars Pippen uh, falling in love. Mm -hmm. Two crazy kids in a mixed up world. Um, happened to you be... know from the names though, it's two players. <laughs> it's the former wife and the son, uh, former wife of Scotty Pippen and the son of Common Meet yes. Cute. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> it's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. If it took place in another unreleased episode of The Last Dance, right. um, and if Juliet was a milf, uh, yeah. <laughs> but still had it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You guys could have been helpful on this episode. You need consulting. You were always here. I do love the fact. <laughs> You're like, which way should we go with this? Let's talk about the milk. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, they agreed to come on the show. So yeah. we did. They have a podcast. Shout out to their podcast, Separation Anxiety. Mm -hmm. I, I should plug their show. Um, we listened to all of it, and we did like a deep textual analysis of it, in which we mostly laughed at its absurdity. And then we invited them to come on the show, and they agreed. Yeah, it, and which, which seemed very cordial. You guys, it were, it, yeah. so I thought it was cordial. I was of the impression that we gave them space and uh, a wide berth to sort of discuss potentially a wide berth. You yeah, right. want to have kids <laughs> yeah. by him at some point. Um, so all of that, I was like, great. This feels like a thing where I found out a lot that I didn't expect to know, like how there actually is a, a sincerity to their love. There is. Yeah. I, I'm not here to say I that. I believe it too, yeah. Yeah, you listen to them and you're like, they are spending so much time together <laughs> that if they were faking this, they are the greatest method actors 100%. on the planet. At this point, At early this point. on, you're like, well, come on. And now you're like, all right. Right, <laughs> yeah. and so we met them, we got along, and then uh, weeks later, I guess, there's a headline in the New York Post in which Lars Pippen had called me miserable. Um, which I thought was, um, on some level, deep inside, um, very cutting. <laughs> you thought she was spot on? Yeah, I was like, mm, damn. How, how are you in my conscience? Damn. <laughs> damn. Uh, but beyond that, I was like, oh, I thought I, thought, I, thought I was going to be invited to the wedding. Yeah, right, right. And now it seems clear that I am, uh, I'm shadow banned. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, uh, I guess the context of it was that there was conversation after the interview was over that they didn't like. We did a post-mortem uh, in which we discussed what we learned. Yeah. 
And we, well, okay. An epilogue. It was, it's a comedy. Yeah, but it was also like, and and in the run up to it, like what we did was we said, here's how we authentically feel about this. It feels like Marcus Jordan to us based on uh, my own reporting and listening to to, to their podcast uh, was somebody who was always trying to get the attention of his dad. Yeah. And this is not a surprise to anybody who's ever um, heard Michael Jordan say anything, right? That that guy is not exactly um, somebody who is, deeply invested maybe in the interior lives of his children. He went into the Hall of Fame and on the dais famously said that he didn't want to be his own kids because that seems hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also <laughs> cooked the guy who beat him in high school. Yes, he was just <laughs> he invited the guy and cooked. I mean, this is a Correct. vicious human being. Yes, so he kind of roasted his own kids, roasted his enemies who are, you know, specs relative yeah. to him. And then he, he also, flew them in to cook them. He flew them in to, uh, to the Hall of Fame um, in Springfield, Massachusetts. And then he also As complained. As if it couldn't get worse, it was in Massachusetts. <laughs> Correct. Um, and he also complained about how they raised the ticket prices on him because he's Michael Jordan, and now he has to pay even more to get these people he hates yeah, yeah. in the audience for this thing. <laughs> so anyhow, <laughs> we sort like of next level hater, dude. connected the psychoanalysis of like what it must be like to be Michael Jordan's kid and like why. Look, and we're not Dr. Freud, but we did attempt some amateur psychoanalysis of like, okay, so what's here for Marcus? What's here for Larsa? Um, and certainly beyond attention, there's also just this notion of how can they be um, the main characters in a story that they never got to be anything more than a sort of like fleeting sidekick in? And this was their way, and uh, they called me miserable because I pointed this out. I guess. I, exactly. You've yeah. you, you've done the work. You've been to, you've been to therapy a couple times, and right. so they're like, "Oh, okay, no, we don't have to." Don't make to us. <laughs> don't make. Don't make us go to therapy by virtue of you having That's to right. therapy. I'm told parents are important in therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, we- you're weaponizing therapy speak. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're doing. I am absolutely guilty of that. <laughs> that is totally fair. So stolen valor. Therapist stolen valor. <laughs> so look, a lot um, on the show. you know, like we said up top, we are. Uh, I act. I can speak for myself. I you I don't even know. I don't know your age. I, I think we're fairly similar in age. We both have very smooth. Yeah. Yes, yes. Brown skin. We're yeah. both uh, just very young Asian people. People think <laughs> yeah. I'm Asian. People they, th- people think I'm Filipino I have, all the time. I was gonna say I have Asian in me, right? Uh, right now. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can zoom in on me going. No, there's just a guy. No. <laughs> Get off the Pablo's lap. For those who are just listening to this, I'm using Christian, his microphone. What Christian Alexis are saying see, the problem is, is that you started the show with making a porn joke, and, and now that, that's that, the game. The of next the whole 45 episode. minutes uh, that will be I weaved this, in. This I is your own undoing. I, I, I lubricated <laughs> yeah. all of this. Larsa was 100 percent right about it. I have I have uh, some Asian heritage. What do you got? He doesn't. What do you got? Uh, it turns out my great grandfather found this out when my grandmother was going through dementia. My great grandfather Chinese. Whoa! A lot of Chinese okay. people in Cuba. Love to find a secret about my ancestry through dementia. Uh-huh. <laughs> I found out my grandfather had a dog, and we're like, oh, we didn't know that. And he goes, yeah, we had to go to the doctor and take care of it. And we were like, oh, because he got sick. And my mom's like, no, no, he went to the doctor and got poisoned. To kill the dog. And we were like, what? <laughs> like, this is what you did he in meant, Cuba he meant, when the dog got old. I'm like, this meant, is why you don't share this. It was a different time. Yeah. Right. But take care of it. Like, it's mafia style. Take care of it. <laughs> you put a hand out on your own dog? <laughs> you take care. That's, the, that's how I was raised. No loyalty, only money. Uh, I remember my grandfather in his deathbed saying, fuck bitches, get money. And I said, wow, I'm wearing like, uh, I didn't even know you knew English. Uh, no, I, I have... 
I'm part Chinese, a very small part. But I love I'm part it. Chinese. He's not. Everyone thinks this dude is like, yeah. uh, Hawaiian, yep. Filipino, yep. Polynesian. Yep. I get it all I can the see time. All of it. Uh, it, it it usually always depends what part of the country I'm in, which where people guess sort of like what what Asian their type of used to seeing <laughs> yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, no, I I've been uh, such a huge fan of you, and it feels like uh, weird because I, I we're kind of in similar in age. Yeah. That where I feel like I grew up watching you. That, I know it makes people feel old when you say no, that. No, man. He said it like it was accusatory. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you make me watch? But I grew up with uh, Around the Horn and, and PTI and, and just watching you on ESPN for so long that you feel like like just having you at this table with us is just like, Crazy. oh, it's one of my cousins. I just wish came I could over. mute you. Yes. <laughs> um, I have long been. Um, so I started doing TV on ESPN. Um, I got hired at ESPN in 2012. Yeah. And it is 2020 fucking hell. Yeah. 2024. <laughs> um, so for a dozen years, I have been uh, ethnically confused as well <laughs> right, for right. other things mm -hmm. on television. And what I've learned as people are like, why does this, why does this Chinese guy have a Mexican name? Yeah. And vice versa <laughs> on, on, on Twitter and in the street sometimes. Yeah. Um, what I've learned is that uh, I think this table, all three of us are just going to be what like all of planet Earth looks like in like, 500 years. Without yeah, doubt. 100%. Gonna get all, all mixed up together and it'll come out looking like this. Yeah. For people who are. <laughs> I know, I confuse people. Preview. Like, if I go to a Spanish bodega, they're like, if I go to a Yemeni bodega, there's a lot of Yemeni bodegas by me, they'll be like, Habibi? When I walk in, and if I go to the Dominican spot, they're like, "Es un Habibi." They're also not sure. They're always certain it's Habibi, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, good time." They're like, "Hey, hermano, And they try to give me shots from behind the from behind the counter. It's a lot of fun, bodegas. But yeah, we're all kind of like ambiguous. No one knows yes. who we are. But a lot of people must just assume you're Latino. Of course, all the time. Yeah. And it doesn't help. I mean, my name is fucking Pablo Torres. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's really hard for me to be, in, like, indignant yeah, yeah. about this. You should this. just carry, like, a pan de sal with you everywhere you go. So here's the trick. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just, you just it have doesn't help, though, when pan de sal is Filipino bread and, like, and, and it literally is Spanish. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Spanish nouns are all over Tagalog, which is the main dialect the of the The days of the week are the same as in Spanish. Yeah, fork yeah. is tenedor, like, all yeah. of this shit. Yeah. And it doesn't help also that um, I took Spanish in high school and college. And so I can speak shitty Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> and so I can begin to hold a conversation that I then find myself feeling like, uh, you know, Wiley Coyote during, where I'm just like, yeah. I got, okay. <laughs> now we've reached the point where I'm about to fall into this canyon. Yeah. You're like, and I, I got just, nothing. I just feel like at some point, you just gotta, if someone says, are you Mexican? You just be like, see. <laughs> and just own it for the rest Look, of the conversation. Look, we all, uh, we, <laughs> all <laughs> we all have the same colonizer, so it bonds That's right. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's right. Uh, or whatever. But this is the, the thing I, I, I think why why it always resonated just watching you on TV. Is there's a there's a little bit of like. You know, I don't see many people in this space that look like that and are also not only, you know, not only just doing a great job at their job, but the the nature of like around the horn, which is like inherently competitive. Yeah. Taking sports journalism and saying, all right, battle it out, folks. And look, we're not nerds only. We also <laughs> can compete. We can also ruin democracy yeah. by inspiring so, competitive talk show yeah. arguments. So I, I, much. I have a couple questions. Just a, a, the nature of like around around the horn, because I I love the the the, uh, the point aspect. And who knows what points matter and and who what uh, the value of anything. But there must be some joy in winning, right? Yeah. And I don't know. 
I, look, I'm not accusing anything. I'm not. I don't. I don't think it's predetermined. I think it's all random. Oh, you're calling them WWE? I'm, <laughs> what are you I'm doing? Just saying, WWE ESPN. I'm just saying. Is that the, the the final the final segment when the winner gets there, yes. gets the podium, and gets yep. to speak? Facetime. It, it it feels. I'm like, how do they nail it so perfectly all the time? You know. So that's why in my mind, I'm like. Is it did they rehearse that? Is there a teleprompter? Is or are it, there like three people with ending monologues that they don't get to use? Right, all right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you don't even, you don't have to give the game away if that's the case. No, but, no, no. It, it's it's something that we all take pride in, I think, because the thing we hate the most as people who do that show is when we gotta retape something because somebody fucked up. <laughs> okay. Uh. Because it is taped, but it's live to tape. Yeah. And yeah. so the premise of like what we're really as much as it is. And, and to be clear, I am winning for me. I'm winning for the ability to have 30 seconds unencumbered that I can just say whatever, I mean, within reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I, whatever I want. Thank God you didn't become a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I get to talk by myself. Every show would be an hour whether you said it for it or not. It is straight up, straight up. Uh, Tony, uh, Tony giving you yeah, the reality, yeah. giving you the light. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just deeply masturbatory yeah, um, in all of those ways. Um, but in, in this case, um, it's also just the pressure of we have we've had we we have a clean sheet, you know. We're like, oh, we're like no mistakes. We're rolling. Like, don't mess this up for everybody else. Right, right. Yeah. And so I think there is the pressure comes from that. Gotcha. Of like, I don't want to be the guy who's forcing everybody to stay late today because gotcha. he could not articulate his take on why Japanese toilets are superior <laughs> in the allotted thirty seconds. They really are. They really are. I, I went to Japan a couple years ago in 2019, and uh, I mean, just the Everything about the experience of going into it's a lot of buttons. Japan. It's a lot of buttons. You don't think there's gonna be buttons? There's buttons. There are so many buttons. <laughs> yeah. Um, it sings to you. Yeah. Some of them. Mm -hmm. And the plastic cladding is is like, uh, am I allowed to sit on this? Is he gonna <laughs> eat me if I sit on this thing? <laughs> and it's warm. Yeah. 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 I got it. So I, I, this is a real FaceTime I gave, but it was I got a Japanese toilet seat, um, like a, a at bidet home. attachment at, at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to Toto. I am still. Holding out for a sponsorship. Um, I do want that Asian in my in that area. Um, and it's it's look. I have a couple of basic theories about how I spend my own hard-earned money from sports gas bagging. Right. Um, the things that I use the most, my couch that I sit on every day. Um, I, I got a nice couch. This toilet, man, it just makes my life easier right. and better. And I just want to appeal directly. Where <laughs> <with> cameras? <laughs> All <way>. the cameras. <laughs> Um, get a stream of water shot into your butt <laughs> and thank me later. I think that's the clip. That's the clip we got Yeah, with show. zero context. Uh, everything else. Stand by it. I, you, you by also, the way, Taku Sando, an incredible sandwich shop in Greenpoint, has a Japanese toilet in the So bathroom. the restaurants that have this, I, I could not be more impressed. It's, it's a Japanese spot. They make the milk bread themselves. It's mm. absolutely incredible. I walk in the bathroom. I said, oh, they did the whole thing. They went. They went the, the whole. They went the, the extra experience. mile. Right, right. Yep, they cut off the crust. Yeah, <laughs> and they put those different pressures. Yes, just as you like them. I can't understand a, a mm. one any of the buttons on there. I got to use Google Translate. <laughs> it is dangerous. Yeah. Sometimes you sort of like press the wrong button, and it's like, oh, this is the ladies' button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like I'm okay. being sprayed in the wrong area, <laughs> and yet I'm enjoying. Yeah, it. yeah. But you know what? Could have also used a little cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, so who's the wiggles? I don't know. I don't know what to do with this tampon I just shot at me. But the rest of it, I'm okay with. You use it. 
In, uh, in, uh, is this the dumbest show you've ever done? No, as someone who graduated from Harvard? This is squarely inside of my interests, honestly. <laughs> Perfect. So, you use the word uh, gas bagging. Yeah. And uh, when, a when you were just speaking there, it's uh, obviously a Lebetard, on brand uh, for the Le Lebetard and Friends Network. Um, I so we've done Levitar shows. Chastise as a well. Le <laughs> I as remember a I, as a listener, and I think a fill-in host when you guys joined the show, Dan's show, and when I was listening to it. Um, how has that been? Okay, this is great. Let's air it out. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, please. Well, because I, this has been a topic of conversation with a couple people at, at Metal Lock. Because some people. Uh, listen to it. Some people were in the room when it happened. Um, Some people were complicit. <laughs> <laughs> so we've done Levitar Show twice. One when you were guest hosting yes. and then one when uh, Dan was there. And we were talking about uh, Women's World Cup and all the kind of controversy with the U.S. Women's National Team. And when uh, and to give some background, I think we were both very excited to be on this show. It's, Finally is, with Dan. It is an honor. For multiple reasons. I think just career-wise, it was important for Christian and I, but also yeah. Cuban-American, yeah, yeah, Cuban-American. Yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. Christian was very excited. When Christian gets excited, you could see it. You could feel it. Bro, he's, all, he's also kind of our boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doubt. yeah a little bit. So, a little bit. Yeah. I didn't realize I was walking into a performance review. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I thought I was just there to talk about soccer and stuff. Uh, but that, the, the term gas bag came up. I'm, I go on this long-winded uh, speech or diatribe. You were yipping on that episode, to be honest. But be because, because Dan threw out the question about, you know, uh, you know, it's essentially like the U.S. Women's National Team kind of riling up people and getting people upset by... To give some context, he, you, he asked the question. You started talking... Dan walked off set and then came back and you were still answering. <laughs> <laughs> but this, but it was a serious issue because, you know, Rapino was getting uh, yeah, yeah, uh, criticized yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Layers and, to that. And then his response after he walked back in from, While you're talking. from the bidet that he just used. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese, Japanese toilet keeps just off camera. <laughs> you would think it would be calmer. And God, and God bless that yeah. specific bidet. <laughs> just holding a tampon like, what am I supposed to do with these? I gotta figure out these buttons. And, and then he said, oh, Christian, you're kind of a gas No, bag. he goes, Alexis, what's the like working with this gas bag. I mean, which is even more disrespectful to Amy than me. We're just, uh, I'm just on a Zoom call trying to have a good time. And Pablo, you may remember this. I stood, I stood on business, bro. Right. I That's stood right. ten toes and defended my home. Let's go. Yep. How'd but that go? I don't care if it's your boss or not. <laughs> Nobody disrespects my podcast. <laughs> but you, as someone who has also called the gas bag, yes. Um, I guess you know how 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 do you handle it? That is a show. We can say this now. In, in, you know, enough time has passed. We can be truthful about what it's really like to go on Dan's show. Um, they're bullies. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So no, but in a way that like part of it's just weird. So I, I see it all through the lens of like me explaining to my mom like, okay, so um, I'm going to give up Disney healthcare to work for the man who made fun of the fact that my wedding had a black tie dress code <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. before it happened that he was invited to. <laughs> and it was like, this asshole? Like, I remember the first- What was he upset? That you didn't write flat brims optional? <laughs> <laughs> what, was he, what was he upset about? <laughs> of all people judging how people dress. Yeah. Good God. He said, do not serve this man. It was a yeah. generic picture of a guy dressed like a skateboarder. Yeah. Right, right. Dan was very offended. There's just someone dropping an Amex black card at a Miami wearing, tchotchke wearing a, store. Wearing the finest bowling shirt. Yeah. The V-neck bowling shirt. Where'd you find it, Dan? 
<laughs> Dan uh, is dressing better lately because I think he has now been bullied sufficiently. Yeah, by the yeah. Way, no, as this a result is part of, of, of part being of who he is. Um, but uh, I remember the first time I ever went on. I think it was yeah. I was doing. I was working at ESPN the magazine. Dan was at ESPN hosting the show, um, still at the mothership. And I was doing a profile of Canelo Alvarez for ESPN the magazine. Mm -hmm. And it was the Floyd Canelo fight. And so another writer had Floyd Mayweather. And I had Canelo. And we were going to do for the magazine like these two sort of like alternate covers. And so we were on assignment together covering two different camps. And Dan decided to have us both on simultaneously. And he was alternating between us, me and Tim Kewen, who's a great writer, really good writer for ESPN the magazine. And Tim, his question for both of us was like, give me the five most interesting things in your story. Damn. And Tim, <laughs> I'll remind you, is covering Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. I'm covering Canelo. Yeah. We've established, I don't really speak Spanish. Right. He doesn't really like speaking in general. And so Tim is coming at, he's coming at the show with all of these great stories and nuggets. And I got nothing. And I realized, oh, You're like, Dan, he's, he's a redhead. Yeah. Uh, Did you know that they're a redhead in Mexico? Yeah. <laughs> Next I, question. I said that five times. <laughs> um, but I was there to be put in the dunk tank. And I was just like, oh, that's what this show is. Yeah. yeah. I'm not being set up to succeed. <laughs> he is testing me. We're fodder. Yeah. Yes, we are merely toys for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I decided to work for that guy. Yeah. Is the spoiler alert end of that story. Because now you can never be asked a question like that again. That's right. You're on the show. That's right. <laughs> As opposed to a guest. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, look, I wasn't, uh, after we were done recording, we, uh, we chatted about it and we kind of laughed it off. Um, it's a rite of, I mean, in all seriousness, it is a rite of passage. I would say that everybody that I am friends with who does that show um, or has ever done that show, we all have a story in which we sound like the worst version of ourselves <laughs> because we are trying to impress Dan and a show that is mostly there to just fuck with us. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you never realize how imposing it is to have, what, I think 35 guest hosts or co-hosts <laughs> <laughs> until they flip the camera there and each of them have something they want to make fun of you about. <laughs> What is this scenario? It's the exact opposite of a pep rally. Whatever the exact opposite of a pep rally is, is that. I was like, good God, there's so many people waiting to, it to is, shit on us. It, it is weird because you go into it being like, you know, oh man, I've watched Dan, uh, you know, for the last... 15, yes. 20 years. Yeah, and it's like, him. And, and I'm like, like, bro, this guy, Cuban, he's also from up here. I'm like, oh, right. this is, when there's not that many Cuban Americans, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a cake walk. <laughs> and it was no, no cake. <laughs> there was no cake. There was no cake, sir. No. Uh, <laughs> there was no cake walk. We ran out of cake. Here's some jelly to eel. <laughs> well, and this is the main thing. Look, it's an honor, obviously, getting to uh, be a part of Metal Arc Media and and work in this space. And and look, dream come true for us, right? Um, Absolutely. The, the fascinating thing is that we are, Comedians who love soccer. You walk in, you say the word soccer in that room, everybody's like, okay, what's, all right, no, no I don't know. Stugatz is just going to be, he, he puts, he shuts Even off Mike the headphones. Even Mike Ryan Ruiz pretends he doesn't know the sport. When he <laughs> <is>. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be the only one. You're out on all And Mike Ruiz is a diehard yeah. soccer su supporter Absolutely. and fan. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Remember the best vacation you've ever taken? Make your next one even better with Get Your Guide. With Get Your Guide, you can book over 100,000 unforgettable experiences in the U.S. and around the world. Want to see the Grand Canyon from a helicopter? They got you. Watching a wrestling match in Mexico City? No problem. Or how about a guided tour of Rome's ancient ruins? Wherever you're going, whatever you're into, book your next travel experience at GetYourGuide.com. So, um, I, I do want to talk about soccer a little bit and your connection to the sport. Yeah. Obviously, you know, uh, working at ESPN, I imagine uh, you've been... Uh, uh, coerced into having to cover this Absolutely. sport from time to time. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and, you know, it must be difficult and challenging. I can see the pain in your eyes <laughs> when we bring up the word it's, It was a really hard time. In, <laughs> um, so, what, in general, yeah, for what's real? your connection no. to the sport? Uh, so, okay, so it starts when, so I, pl- I played, uh, like, you know, soccer on the weekends at, like, a little uh, Manhattan Kickers. Yeah! yeah. yeah. So I was, I was there. Um, I was there uh, playing terribly. Um... I remember uh, having braces and getting a ball kicked into my mouth and having oh. my lips and my mouth fuse with my braces. Wow. And I was like, this <laughs> sport is not for when, me. I, when you said braces, I'm like, oh, he scored two goals in a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I no. had braces <laughs> that uh, psychologically damaged me. Um, so there is that as my most uh, my most vivid, visceral. Um, Did you ever ask, like, memory. are there any Filipino legends in the game? <laughs> and realize, no. It seemed pretty clear. Yeah. It seemed, I didn't even need to look it up. It seemed pretty clear that there weren't. Um, but when I was at ESPN, uh, and I, by the way, so I should say my favorite video game of all time is FIFA. Mm. Right, right. And it, I say that not because I like nerd out on like, oh man, like I love I love using uh, my favorite player. Like I'm, con- I, I love inhabiting his his body. It's not bad. <laughs> right, right. It's just that I find it. Uh, it's the best. It's really the best video game to get like lightly stoned and play. Um, it's meditative. It's like ping pong. Weirdly, yes, just constant sir. motion. You get into a, like, a flow state. It's the best. And multiplayer with friends is the best. Um, so that was my pretext for the assignment I got. Um, it was the Brazil World Cup, and I went to Brazil for five weeks and covered the World Cup. And Incredible. I wrote columns, and I was there for uh, a long time, um, solo in the in the era when I could just tell my then girlfriend, now wife, like I'm gonna be in Brazil for a long time. And she was like, "This is a weird job." Like, no, <laughs> it's it. the yes. World Cup. I swear, uh, you could Definitely. Google it this time. This time you could Google it. Definitely. Uh, were you based in Rio, or I covered? I mean, they had me flying literally every two to three days. So I went to Manaus. Went to the that Amazon. That was like the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's I w- a bus depot now. Did you know that? That that, that, that tracks. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I went to and I was booking hotels myself, which I think I was not supposed to do. But I was like on like Expedia or whatever, like booking Brazilian hotels in Manaus and Brasilia and Rio and all these places. Um, but Manaus, I remember I booked a hotel, and I was like, let me see what's on the grounds of this hotel, and. I walk behind the hotel and there's just a cage with a jaguar in it. Mm. <laughs> and like no one else is around. And I'm like, I should probably just not be the only person here <laughs> yeah, 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 next yeah. to this. You sure you weren't at the Qatar World yeah, Cup? Yeah. <laughs> you sure you weren't in a Saudi prince's <laughs> estate? <laughs> it was it was an amazing time though. It I'm really sure. was. It really it was one of the I mean I had never been on assignment like that. And my Main mandate was not 
to like provide soccer analysis. It was to like write columns about the scene and the characters. And yeah. so in that way, like as, and it was for like, clearly like it was, my columns were meant to be for like the American audience. And so there were like 20 something columns and just churned out shit. And it was, I, I embedded with like a bunch of like England fans as they were, um, I, I, I so these are all people, these characters that you guys know intuitively. It's like, oh, they're like this. Yeah. yeah. Like I did not realize like, oh, you guys, like this whole singing thing is real. No, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This whole dressing up as a knight and the, just like celebrating the sadomasochism of what it's like to be the place where uh, football is never coming home. I'm yeah. just like, yes, now I get this. This is a great story. So just finding stuff like that. I mean, it was it was a total delight, and I retained zero soccer knowledge on the back end. I was going to say, it seemed like you really kind of got a chance to understand the sport. I was immersed. I was immersed, and um, I wish I could say that um, I had more like analytical expertise as a result of watching that much soccer. But no, he hanging I, out with drunk Brits. Absolutely. <laughs> and like trying to figure out, is that Rihanna? <laughs> and it was at the final. I was Amazing. like, yo. Yeah, there's, I sat there's... next to a guy. I sat next to a guy. This is speaking of the Hispanic Latino diaspora. I sat next to a dude um, at the World Cup final. He worked for ESPN Brazil, okay? His name was Pablo Torres. <laughs> Love <it>. Whoa. <laughs> and we only realized this, like maybe like, a quarter of the way in. Yeah. And it was just like, what are the odds? <laughs> yeah, man. Statistically, it turns out a lot higher than I realized. Yeah, I was going to say, there's like a billion of both of you. Guys. <laughs> there's a player uh, in that place. His name was also John Smith. <laughs> believe that? Uh, and, yeah, who plays for Hirona now, I believe. Yes. Uh, Pablo Torre. Pablo, yeah. Oh, Torre. So, that's, that's an episode that I am working on. Okay. Um, to, to be a little coy about it. Um, because I don't know how I feel about him. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're gonna, yes. I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> I can't wait to see this. That's right. That's so right. The, 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 doing that job, you know, I, look, us as, you know, I guess, experts in, in the game, even though, you know, some people may not consider us. I consider you guys experts. Thank in, you. In a, in a very unironic, sincere way. <laughs> no, we, we are deeply embedded uh, in the game. And, and it is, you know, just like some journalists are watching uh, a couple different sports a day, high, certain game like the NFL playoffs. I'm like, if I might catch six, seven minutes of it, I, I'm like, oh, I see Jason Kelsey taking off his shirt. I'm like, okay, let me tune in. I guess something's going on over there. Um, but with soccer, it is always on. I'm always looking. The, the Fop Mob app is always open. I'm like, what game is going on? Always paying attention to it. My wife is like, another game. It's just constantly. <laughs> yeah, the, on. It, it, the, the sport does not stop. It, it's always being played somewhere in the world. So the. The way I think a lot of American soccer fans um, get frustrated, I mean, maybe the people who are like the uh, experts, I guess, I'm sure there's another word for expert, but the people who are deeply embedded in the game, when they see journalism from the perspective of like, let, let, let's show Americans what's happening here. We we get a little bit like we feel it's like aren't we ab aren't we above this? Can we move forward in in treating us with like kid gloves and and let's talk about the sport in a very um may maybe it doesn't have to be exactly the way it is in in Europe, but I think that's the I guess that's my question is like is it fun to do that kind of work of like to talk to the American audience like they're children to so so to speak? Yeah, no, it's it's I feel you. I mean, there's a I think there's probably a parallel to like. Uh, to, you know, to music in that way, where it's like, ah, this thing I love, 
which I feel like is successful, respective of, irrespective of whether you mainstream, whether the MSM, whether the elite media <laughs> right, right, right. cares that I, uh, that, that this band is super popular globally. You know, like the fact that the, you're describing the conflict of, I want people to treat us as legitimate on our own. We don't want to be condescended to, but we also want to be included. Right. And I think that is, uh, that's, that's hard. That's hard. I mean, look, the reality of like general sports talk television is it's a mile wide and an inch deep, right? So you're covering a million things and it's meant to sort of don't simulate. Don't I know this. It's meant to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird fetish, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's specific. <laughs> and there's dozens of <laughs> um, But yeah, but there is, there's a certain um, like unavoidable shallowness to it. And then what you just hope in general is that you uh, don't embarrass yourself. And it turns out that is harder than it seems sometimes. <laughs> mm, don't I know that from this week? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, so uh, this is a... I wanted to bring this up just to get your response. I'm, I, I, I'm sure you've addressed this. Uh, you yes. have addressed this. But this is, uh, this is a very out-of-context clip that I'm going to play of, of uh, pardon the interruption, yes. on ESPN, you and, I mean, the legendary Tony Kornheiser uh, discussing uh, Messi, Lionel Messi playing in Major League Soccer. And when I think soccer, I don't think Tony Kornheiser. <laughs> <laughs> and look, in, I'm not going to play it, but in the before this this moment, Tony Kornheiser is very adamantly saying he is not a soccer guy. He is not interested. He's also annoyed by people who are re who really love the sport. He is so Kornheiser <laughs> is extraordinary, and I respect this, and and we should all do this. I should do more of it. He's just very transparent yeah. about like what he likes and dislikes and what he knows and doesn't know. And me in this clip, which is I can see in the runtime, way too short to do me justice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're chosen. Why we chose. Very this. good. It's revenge. <laughs> your exact revenge on Levitard on yeah. me. I get it. Um, well, listen but, to this, you gas man. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a, this is just a five second moment, but everybody will understand what's going on when you hear it. Because Leo Messi has done this everywhere. He did this in the Premier League. He and there it is. <laughs> there it is. We Messi didn't even need to play the whole clip. Uh, <laughs> so, so here is what happens after this, is that I wily Coyote myself, and I realize, oh, not true. And so what I said was, of course, like, in the Champions League. I mentioned the Champions League explicitly. Yes. He's gone to these buildings and beaten these teams. He's be he's definitely humiliated Premier League club. Yes. And so, and so, and again, when I say that I like fucking saw uh, Messi play at the World Cup final, and I, when I say that I've like, of course, when I, I realize now that like the other time I saw Messi, I was eating chicken fingers, so not the greatest <laughs> defense of me. Which but is, the point is, before you bring you, up that shit, you missed a pretty famous goal. <laughs> the point is, I knew what I was doing. I play FIFA. It's not like. <laughs> so if we can just get into this. Yeah. So like, this I, yes, this is uh, when Messi it finally arrives. So I went to go see Leo Messi. So I was like, I was in Miami, Mike Ryan, um, of course, like uh, Inter Miami booster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> allows me to sit with him field level. Mm -hmm. And just for people who don't understand what it's like, to, I've never been to this uh, to this building. It feels like a temporary, almost like 
temporary World Cup in Brazil kind of yeah, does, right, where it's right. like, this is, someone was apologetic on the way, and they're like, this is not what it's going to be like forever. <laughs> yeah, like, when are, we, like, All right, cool. when are we taking the scaffolding down? <laughs> no, that is the building. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I walk in, and I am surprised, given this uh, description on the front end, that they have an, an excellent spread, food-wise. Oh, okay. I'm starving. I had just gotten off work. And so uh, I guess what you'll play here is what happens after I decide <laughs> yeah, to which I'm sure all of our fans and listeners that. and viewers know. But, I mean, what an absolute this movie. Was, I mean, this is this was this is messy. the game against Cruz Azul, right? Just to confirm. Yes. Do you remember this game? Okay. This was, I believe, the it was the home opener? Mm-hmm. Or the no, his debut, home debut. His home, his home debut. debut. Yeah. So the game against Cruz Azul. And Asul. you think to yourself, imagine Messi scores a goal in his home debut. And he just so happens to do it. We're going to show this. <laughs> so okay. and then we'll see what you were doing in that. So this the is, combination. We all remember the moment. free kick. It was it was unbelievable. It was a great moment, and it was a, uh, an incredible start to Beckham cry. MLS career. <laughs> <laughs> Beckham cry. The whole Beckham family was in tears. They, everybody couldn't believe what they saw, and this is the moment after the goal was scored. So you could see the smoke and stuff. Yeah, everyone's celebrating. Pablo's. <laughs> you can see there are like clips in which you see me burst out from that like eating area because it's like a a sweet thing and so a sweet sweet um, both terms valid here. Um, I throw the door open because I was watching this happen, literally holding a plate of chicken fingers, watching this through the glass. Now you'll forgive me because while I'm not a soccer expert. My math, and again, I'm not great at statistics as the Pablo Torres example shows, maybe, but I was like, the safest time to get some chicken fingers <laughs> is at the very beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the odds? What are the odds <laughs> that the very first thing he does in his home debut is this tremendous goal that turns out to be, I guess, historic um, in this sense? I do want to correct you, though. Uh, there are no stoppages in soccer, so I would say... There's one halftime, obviously. I would say the safest time is before the game okay, starts. Okay, that's that. Oh. Not when Messi is lining up <laughs> to take one of the most single iconic Listen, <laughs> what you don't know is how good those chicken are. <laughs> okay. And the good news for me was that there were more goals that day. Yes. And I saw those. And... Um, I also had more chicken fingers. I was gonna say there were also more chicken fingers. There we go. So it's, it is a, um, I mean, it's a great moment uh, captured, and Chris Cody captured. I it. was, I was, yeah. It was ironic to be captured by Chris Cody as I was being the most like Chris Cody I had ever been. Yeah, that's true. It's like truly like fun, like that meme of a dad like carrying a bunch of like plates and stuff yeah. and like a vacuum cleaner. That was me with chicken fingers. Also, I mean, just as like when I found out when I saw this clip, I was like, no, I get it. Chicken fingers over a goal. You can so see goals any good. day of the week. I mean, they bro. must have been good because I mean, I I'm trying to think of when it comes to stadium food. We've been to a lot of stadiums and 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 some of the soccer stadiums have some pretty good uh, uh, spreads. Hospitality spreads Hospitality, are pretty like, great. I mean, the first one that comes to mind. I'm, I've never been there for an NFL game, but uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium or Atlanta United oh, Atlanta, matches. Yeah. What I mean. The best I think I've been around. I think um, you got a Chick Fil A in there too. They yeah, do. They but do. not open during NFL games because they're on Sundays. Right. Yeah, <laughs> because of the bigotry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> they could just get past that little part. Uh, <laughs> are you? Are you at least willing to meet us halfway? <laughs> so the um, we'll uh, concuss them. Does that yeah, make it okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, the I mean, uh, what was it? Minnesota United had a pretty Minnesota good. had a pretty good spread. We've we've seen LAFC's uh, sweets. LAFC's are pretty, great. Are pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. I want a couple other things. I want. Yeah. Let's talk about like the the world of uh, sports television. Sure. 
Um, you still do work with ESPN. Yes, right? I do around the horn and PTI still on a okay. freelance basis. I show up uh, every week and put myself at risk of being memed by asshole soccer fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. You're talking to two of them right here, baby. <laughs> we run those accounts. Anything for clicks. <laughs> Follow us at Pablo Torre sucks. <laughs> Oh, God. People still get in my mentions about that, by the way. Really? About the Premier League thing? Yeah. And I'm like, look, I get it, of course. Um, what's saddest to me is that my only move is to be the sad person <laughs> who's responding like, there's more context. <laughs> yeah, there's like, more to it. <laughs> yeah, I, said, I mentioned the Champions League. <laughs> if, you know, like, I think oh, for, for us, soccer brings a, a level of, uh, of joy and and community that I you know that that's why I, I I love basketball. I'm a big Knicks fan, but it never provided the community that I think you know. I'm an NYCFC. We're both NYCFC fans. That provided that. It's just something that's very very different. Is there any like if we can't make you a diehard soccer fan? Mm. What is the the thing that that brings out that diehard soccer fandom in you? Uh, yeah, in yeah, sport, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when Asian people do stuff. Let's go. <laughs> Just any Asian doing anything. Manny Pacquiao was that for me. Yeah, like, talk really? about, I mentioned before, like, um, speaking of uh, problematic people in terms of just, like, their beliefs about homophobia, who I'm yeah. just like, never mind that. <laughs> this chicken sandwich is awesome. Yeah, you're just uh, like, Manny Pacquiao, Bro, man. this dude taking a lot of punches to the head. Can we just... <laughs> it's unfortunate that he was literally elected senator. Yeah. And so it became even more, I was like, come on, Didn't man. he also release, like, a, like a ballads album? Oh, yeah. So I covered him. <laughs> so the first story I ever did for Sports Illustrated was a Manny Pacquiao profile. Um, it was the first real magazine feature I ever wrote um, because I was like, yo, I, I, I think this guy is good. And I know that because I feel my body like electrify. Yeah. I cry when they sing the national anthem before his fights and he goes and beats up a Mexican dude. Yeah. The executioner, <laughs> by the way. It's not a random like Right, right, right. Literally, yeah. he, nah, he was, he was it Barrera. wasn't racist. <laughs> it wasn't racist. He's he was concussing those Mexicans <laughs> consensually. You're like, I cried. I felt it. I felt so passionate when he beat up Mexican dudes. He meant because That's he, right. he not, had to fight it, so many Mexican guys. In yes. the ring, not yeah. at the border. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just clarify. Although, although, if you've heard some of his thoughts, <laughs> yeah. I don't think you'd be opposed to going to the border and doing it again. Oh, my God. Uh, and, but, and likewise, by the way, when he got knocked out by Marquez and he became a meme, mm -hmm. I was like, mm, this doesn't feel good. Right. <laughs> um, but so that was, though, as I mentioned before, like what I didn't feel in soccer playing FIFA, I did feel like, oh, this is my avatar. Yeah. You know, like I felt like he represented me, it was emotional, and he did in all the genetic and ancestral ways. Um, but that has just blossomed into pretty much anybody I can find trace amounts of Asian in. Okay. Like you're um, just watching the Jabberwockies dance like this. Filipinos, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yes, yeah. beneath those masks yeah. is this face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just All know. of them. <laughs> All of them. Bro, growing up, I used to go to a lot of Filipino parties, and I'm like, y'all sure you're not Jamaican, bro? <laughs> Some of this dancing. It was basement parties. We sweating. Yes. It was crazy. So, so okay. Every dad would rip the door off their daughter's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> this was a common thing. Every... Every woman, every young woman in a Filipino house I grew up going to had beads or a curtain for mm. a door because the dad was pissed off they had a boyfriend <laughs> and would rip the door off the hey, hinges. Dude. My daughter's four, but that door is getting unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> You're practicing? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but, so, but to your point about like the Filipino rituals at a party, like when I 
profiled Manny Pacquiao, I was embedded in his entourage. Truly, I was like blended in as a Filipino dude among literally 40 Filipino dudes. Yeah. And covering boxing, by the way, is the best because you just, because they don't care. You'll go to like a party at their hotel room and it's just like, oh, the journalist is here. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I get punched in the head professionally. Yeah. <laughs> don't hide the drugs. Dude. No, it's for real. Like, just like, yeah, there's a bar. We're going to set up a bar at the. De it was, it was, um, it felt like almost famous to me. I was like, oh, this is the, this is how I got hooked into sports writing as like this, as this calling was. I get to do this and I get to like be in these rooms. And so, anyway, so part of what happened was, uh, Manny Pacquiao would just sing karaoke all of the time. <laughs> it's not what you expect. And so he has a terrible voice. Yeah. <laughs> but he is Filipino. And so he loves it. He has a number one album, though. Yeah. He has, he has so much um, success as a recording artist. <laughs> that has nothing sing. to do with his actual ability to sing. Um, and it, so the other thing I did, because Filipinos love several things, um, unhinging the doors of their daughters, um, <laughs> karaoke, uh, and basketball. Mm -hmm. yeah. Basketball, I mean, Filipinos, we love basketball, despite the fact that basketball does not love us, mm. right? So it does not compliment the- It's, it's so, so <laughs> as a matter of fact, like in the Filipino basketball, uh, the Philippine Basketball Association, um, there are rules around like number of imports. And I believe there used to be, I have to check if it still is in place of like a height requirement almost of like, cause we're not, again, statistically speaking, it's not friendly to us this right, game. Right, right. <laughs> However, Manny Pacquiao loves it. And I recommend that all of us at some point uh, just revisit um, footage that's on YouTube of Manny Pacquiao shooting a jumper. Cause it's a catapult. It's incredible. He's just punching the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but I say this because in the course of doing this reporting, and I covered him, and I covered his later Mayweather-Pacquiao fight for ESPN as well, um, as part of an entourage-embedded member, um, I played pickup with Manny and, again, upwards of 40 other Filipino dudes. And um, these games... <laughs> Wait, these did games, he play in the Filipino Basketball Association? Uh, I can't tell if this is an exhibition... Or let, me, if, let me just mute it so we can just look at the highlights. As a side note, like one of the teams is Blackwater, and I'm like, I don't know if that's the military yeah, contractor. Yeah. <laughs> or not. Jeremy Scale? Or yeah, yeah. Be a very weird <laughs> sponsor to have. But that's Manny Pacquiao shooting a three. Um, Which way, just like. It looks like if your four year old daughter threw something. Yes. The four year old daughter whose door is now beads. Yeah. If, she, if she was asked to shoot a three, um, it would look like Manny Pacquiao shooting a three. It um, went in. But this is like basically Obama playing basketball. No, so, like, you, so it's a worse than that. Okay. No, Obama, in my, his it, shot kind of went. No, no, no. no, no, no. I'm saying as far as how people defend against yeah, him. So that was my point, actually, was that when I played pickup with him, it was actually like playing hockey with Vladimir Putin. <laughs> it was like, he's going to score a million goals, yeah. and all of us are going to nod like it's right, actually right. Or being in an uncle-killing contest with Kim Jong-un. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to let him win, you know? <laughs> Okay, I mean, my man—he got moves. He, he ball. has, but in in yeah, he's by the way one of the greatest athletes of all time. Um, the greatest calves, I would argue, in sports history. Oh, okay. um, I mean, it's, Manny Pacquiao—that's high praise coming from someone like you. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but this dude um, is also uh, a dictator at times, <laughs> ideologically and in terms of 
uh, how he is defended. On right, the right. Yeah, he lost the ball there, and uh, yeah, that that guy's never he, been he, seen again. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's not seeing his family. <laughs> okay, okay. Shout so out to I don't know Pac- why I started talking about. Oh, it's who I root for. Right, right, right. 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 It was Pacquiao. Was I think the most. I haven't had a, to sound like a eugenicist, I haven't had a full-blooded Filipino. <laughs> I'm really captured my heart in that way <laughs> since, um, and I'm hope I'm hopeful. Okay, did you, uh, by any chance, did you watch um, uh, or get a chance to see the, the Filipino uh, women's national team during the Women's World Cup? Yes. Because they had an uh, incredible story. A historic uh, uh, run. A historic run um, in terms of accomplishment and also an amazing story in terms of how that team was assembled. Right, right. A lot some, of like, American college students. Yeah, and some, some, again, and this is the trick of like, I mentioned the diaspora and all that stuff, but like, what do you do when you're the Philippines and you're starving? Like the Philippines love sports, obviously. So what do you do when you're starving for athletic success, but also um, in order to get that success, you need to be creative in terms of who's on your roster. So like the Philippine basketball um, national team, like Andre Blatch was on the team, um, former Washington Wizards center, who was a very sad uh, person to elevate your national program. (laughs) He's not Filipino at all, but they passed legislation to make him a naturalized citizen. Right. So anyway, in the world of soccer, I was like, oh, I I know how this works. Mm -hmm. But what was my, there's a great story, I think on Yahoo, um, Yahoo Sports about how it was assembled. I was jealous of this story, I didn't know about it. Um, It's a couple of dudes just like literally posting on message boards. Like combing the bios of like yeah. col- to your points, college soccer teams in America, and truly being like, I see a trace amount of Filipino right. in that person, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then reaching out and finding out that oh, some of them, they they are containing those trace amounts, and they would love to play in the Olympics, and that's how that team came together, and it was fucking wild yeah, for yeah. the World Cup. It was World Cup, wild. yeah, yeah, so, kind of awesome. Uh, yeah, look, similar to the Premier League gaff, you know what I mean, yeah. this guy? Uh, <laughs> but the, 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 the I, I recommend, I don't know if you have heard, Between Two Worlds is the podcast from uh, Meg Reyes. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. And and so if people... Uh, yeah, she also covered this. It's it's a really... It's an amazing... Great story. Uh, 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 ...podcast series uh, about it. So uh, so I, li- I like hearing that. I mean, I, I think the, you know, everybody gets into the sport in their own uh, way. And, and a lot of times, you know, it's why we have World Cups to begin with. It is... It is uh, the display of the sport. It's how you get new fans. Most, uh, especially American fans, are always like, oh, I got into soccer because of the 2008 World Cup or the 2012, and, and there was a player they liked, and then uh, they, they ended up getting, uh, uh, you know, uh, hooked. Um, so Yeah, Kyle you know, Beckerman radicalized me. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> People often say that. I mean, the, those dreads. Those yeah. dreads I wrote a story bro. about Kyle Beckerman's dreads, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> I was like, that guy, man. So, um, <laughs> well, they really put you on some wild assignments. <laughs> Go to Manus. <laughs> Talk about a white guy with dreads. Well, we're really gonna get a lot of soccer fans this way. Um, Pablo, we have to we have to wrap up, but I mean, we have so much to discuss. I, I, hopefully, we might have one time for a game of FIFA. I don't know. Oh maybe man, not. you, maybe, you, maybe, be, maybe you beat me as Street Fighter at the holiday party. Yeah, and th- which is why I wore this shirt. Uh, I noticed. <laughs> Sonic go. boomed my ass, you got, unfortunately. Got, I got this shirt of uh, Guile. Um, but yeah. I would like to exact my revenge at some point. Okay. When I don't have to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> so for, man, our, for our oppressive We'll, we'll invite you boss. back and, and we'll get some uh, a game of FIFA in. Uh, so, uh, you, so you can try to get your revenge. So I can I, play I, as Leo I, Messi and not uh, <laughs> make that mistake ever again. <laughs> Dude, Pablo, uh, everybody, just go check out Pablo Torre Finds Imagine Out. Imagine your team scores a goal while you're getting chicken fingers. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> I'm going to bring chicken fingers. <laughs> and play I'm going to hold them behind you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. 
This is my this th- that is my fetish. <laughs> All right. Personal. Well, you know what this show's about. <laughs> Pleasing our guests. Um, go follow uh, at Pablo finds out on all socials on yes. on, on X, Twitter, uh, and Instagram, and, and go do that. Follow Pablo Torre it's a great show. everywhere as well. Yeah, Inhale no, my gas. Yeah, <laughs> say, it's please. great work. I, I especially, I mean, you, you we had Dave uh, Sampson in yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, recently, and it was great. And it was uh, now it's, we Skipper. We got to get Skipper on here as well because Skipper, I love John those- Skipper. Authentically love like so my on my team at work like Ryan Cortez is now a Tottenham. Yes. He's been radicalized over the pandemic. My brother, by the way, also like I'm surrounded by people who just like love Tottenham now. Ugh, John yeah. Skipper is one of those people, but he goes way back, and so like he he is a he is he's a very busy man, former most powerful person in the world of sports, um, ran the most profitable media business in the history right. of media. He will walk by a screen playing a Tottenham game and just stop and watch. That's just how we get him in here. Yeah. So honestly, we got to set a series of laptops. TV on a fishing pole just playing, <laughs> playing Tottenham highlights from the 80s. That's right. We, uh, we did get to meet uh, uh, Skipper with, with um, Grant Wall. Grant Wall. Yes. The late Grant oh, Wall. Late he invited Grant, us man. to, um, uh, what's, what's the bar? Uh, Smithfield. Smithfield, yep. Smithfield. And we would watch games and that's where we met Skipper. But uh, watching uh, the episodes with with that uh, with Skipper and Samson are, are are literally one of the most informative shows about sports. I can't get oh, enough sporting of it. class. Yeah. Uh, sporting, it's absolutely remarkable. I uh, love doing that with them. They are both deeply, um, like actually intimately knowledgeable about things. Like it's yeah. to me, as I, I said on the show once before, it's like rich guy only fans. Right? I'm like, <laughs> tell me what it's like <laughs> when you're buying a billion dollar contract. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and it's a little um yin and yang between no them. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and you know, and then you have to be the yeah, sort of one knows how to say it in public and the other one could care less. <laughs> <laughs> and I love them both. For yeah, it. but it's a great dynamic. Um sporting class. Um but no, thank you guys. This has been legitimately like uh, super fun for me. Thank and I'm you. glad to, uh, you know, exercise some demons um, that may or may not still be in my mentions. <laughs> well, it's about to go up. Uh, <laughs> maybe there'll be some kind ones too. So everybody, be nice to the Pablo. Love a kind demon. The soccer, yeah. the soccer community. Yeah. Uh, Pablo Torre, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Everybody, uh, follow us at Soccer Cooligans on all social channels. Uh, you know, uh, be kind to us as well. That, hit the uh, subscribe that'd button. Be great. Hit they the deserve sub- it. Hit, hit the subscribe button. Uh, uh, share the podcast. Tell your friends. Uh, we all love Pablo, so let people know, hey, Pablo uh, was on the Cooligans uh, in, in what might be a pornography studio so uh, we'll, definitely we'll see what happens on. also Marcus if you see us in your store in Orlando don't hold it against us <laughs> okay join the Patreon for the exclusive Pablo content that you really want to see um, <laughs> alright we'll be back uh, soon everybody Love cheers you guys. every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.